Lives matter. Woo! Blue lives matter. I support the police. All lives matter. Yes! Black lives matter. I'm sorry, but that is offensive. How can this phrase cause such a firestorm of controversy? In today's show, we will explore and discuss the message, the premise, and the definition of Black Lives Matter. That is the focus of this edition of Expressions. Welcome to this edition of Expressions. I'm your host, Sierra Tavares-Reyes. In today's topic, we will discuss Black Lives Matter. So as you all know that I am a targeted individual, um, also known as a victim of Havana Syndrome, but I do, I'm a targeted individual that supports uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, for a lot of people, that is something that is unheard of. Some people uh, have um, tried to tell me that I'm not real because I support Black Lives Matter. They say that it's been hijacked by George Soros and that um, that anyone who um, supports it is not a legitimate targeted individual. But so let's go into that for a second. Now, Black Lives Matter was created as a hashtag to basically say, hey, our lives matter. Okay. So after that hashtag was sent out 2012, I started, you know, being on social media a lot and started to um, basically voice my opinion about what I felt about the injustices of uh, police brutality and um, bring, bringing forth injustice awareness uh, for the black community because I am a black woman. So um, not everyone is treated the same as you all know. So you know, things are very different. There's two uh, justice systems. There's one for white people and there's one for everybody else. So as you all know, as an activist, you know, on social media, I, this is what I've done. This is why I became a target in the first place. Because if anybody had any knowledge, you would know that all activists get targeted. That is what happens. So if I wasn't on social media doing all that, I would not be a TI in the first place. Now, I'm not looking into who hijacked it. I'm not looking into who owns it. I'm not looking at all of that or who's profiting from it and all of that. I support the message because I am black. Okay. And it gets a lot of um, misinterpretations and people don't understand. And it's just like, as I said, you know, um, on the intro of this program, the lives matter. Nobody has a problem saying that. Nobody has a problem saying blue lives matter. And nobody has a problem saying all lives matter. So if you don't have a problem with any of those words, it, then the, the word black is the issue that you have a problem with. It's not anything else. And so the issue that I have is that I don't understand how people 
why do people take a, uh, a phrase like that and make it into something that it does not say? You know, we are not saying that our lives are more superior than everyone else's. We are not saying that uh, we are the only lives that matter. We're just saying that we want our chance in this world too, just like you do. And so we have to address that. We need to let people know, hey, we are here. Stop killing us. Now, some of you are going to find this podcast a little offensive, but again, like I said, I'm, I'm just basically, I'm not going to, you know, generalize. I'm just, just discussing things from uh, the point of view as an activist and a cyber dissident myself, because I'm trying to get people to understand. Okay. So when there is a mass shooting, you don't see anyone going on social media uh, saying all lives matter there, you know, no, why did Nobody says that. Nobody says all lives matter when a gay or transgender person is killed or murdered. So these are things that people need to take into consideration. These are things that people need to look look at and pay attention to. Okay. So let me give you a scenario, a couple of scenarios, right? Okay. Let's say um, someone is holding up a sign that says, hi, we're doing uh breast cancer research. Are you going to go to that person and say, oh, so what you're saying is that all cancer matters, not just breast cancer. It's not just breast cancer. All cancer matters. Do you see how that sounds? But yet breast cancer is wiping out a majority of the Americans or, or people in general in the world. Okay. How about someone says, hi, ma'am. They're knocking on the door. Hi, ma'am. I'm here to fix your roof. Uh, because your roof, roof is leaking. Are you going to say, well, don't all roofs matter? It's like, okay, but yours is the one that's leaking. Why do I have to concentrate on everyone else's when this is the issue that I'm having right here? Okay. How about this one? You see a sign that says, loving pets deserve good homes. And then someone says, well, well, your sign is offensive because don't all pets deserve good homes, not just loving ones? Or this one. I fell down and broke my ankle. Um, get a doctor. Okay, someone comes up and says, you fell down and broke your ankle, but don't all ankles matter? So why does yours get such special attention? I don't get it. Or how about this one? I'm collecting money for starving children. But don't all children matter? You know, not just the ones that are starving, but you're saying that these, why are these children so important? It should be for everybody. And do you see what I'm saying? Do you get where I'm going? Okay. And so that is the reason why I support the movement and why I stand where I stand, because this is, I'm using these analogies so people can understand what the message is and what the meaning is. You know, it's, that sounded ridiculous saying that. So you can't take something, you know, if, if the other words are not offensive, why is this one offensive? Why is that? Why does that bother so many people? We'll be right back. Well, I'm on the way the time, Paul, I want to be keeping you warm. I got the right temperature for shelter you from the storm. Hold on, girl, I got the right tactics to turn you on. And girl, I want to be the papa, you can be the mom. Oh. And we're back. And um, 
so I just wanted to say that black people deal with a lot of a lot of hate and a lot of discrimination. And it's been like that for a very, very long time. And some people are sitting here saying, oh, well, we shouldn't talk about race. And, oh, it's just going to divide us even further. And it's like, that is the problem. You can't sit over here and be like, okay, well, your people dealt with this and your people dealt with that. So let's just bury it and, and stuff it, shove it and move on. It doesn't work like that. You know, not when you're still dealing with the same stuff that we've been dealing with. And some people are going to sit here and go, oh, well, what are black people so upset about? You've got jobs. Uh, you can go where you want to go. Slavery ended 150 years ago. What are you so worried about? And the, 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 you have to walk a mile in another person's shoes to understand what they are going through. My struggle is not your struggle. You don't know what I have to go through as a black woman. Do you see what I'm saying? And... Until you feel it, you're not going to know what it's like. You can walk outside of your house and be unaware of your skin color. You can go into a store and not have to worry about being followed or being treated as if you are a criminal. And this is something that happens to, to all black people, I'm pretty sure, whether they want uh, to talk about it or not. And I have to be conscious of the way I dress before I go out shopping. Because when people see you, people think that black people are inherently criminal. That is what that's people see. They see the color of your skin and they go to this total negative place. And you know why they do that? It's because of the media, the media, the media's indoctrination to say that black people are criminals. Black people are thieves. Black people will rob you. Black people will hurt you. And overlook all the positive imagery of black people. The media does not want you to see that. They, you see these movies and stuff. And you see black people playing uh, roles that are uh, denigrating. Like slaves and maids and crackheads, drug dealers, prostitutes. All that other stuff basically reinforcing those African American stereotypes. You rarely see positive imagery of black people graduating from high school and, and having jobs and holding it down, owning their own business. They're not going to show you all of that. They don't want you to see all that positive imagery. And so I'm not blaming a, uh, a specific group of people. I'm talking about the system, the system that does that. There's a lot of things that that we have gone through and we just you just don't go oh well and get over it. OK, so you have people that say get over slavery, you know, um, and but never forget 9-11. Right. Let's not forget about that. They always say never forget. Um, you have the Jewish people always remember the Holocaust. Why do they say remember the Holocaust? Why do they say remember 9-11? Because if the world does not remember, then you leave yourself wide open for it to be repeated. And so we have suffered and we continue to suffer. Now, some of you are going to go, you know, I wasn't alive back then. I'm not going to apologize for being my race or whatever. And that is totally fine because no one's saying 
that you did anything. You didn't own any slaves and the, the black people who are alive now are were never slaves. Okay? But my question to you, what are you doing about it to make sure that your fellow African-American brother has a chance just like you? Is there equal rights? Is he getting that job? Or is his resume being thrown in the trash because he has a more ethnic sounding name like Tyrone or Jerome or Gerard or something? How about the neighborhood that he lives in? You know, redlining. And the education system. What about the, the, the police that patrol certain areas? The ones that patrol areas of color are not the, the same police that patrol the areas of um, uh, uh, the, the white neighborhoods. It's not the same thing. So again, it's like, what are you doing about it? How, how do we heal from this? Don't let your judgment or, or your bias cloud your judgment. Not all black people are inherently criminal. And not all black people are bad people. Just like there's no, no, all of any people isn't bad. And some people are like, well, what are you complaining about? We just want equal rights. That's what we want. What is the issue with that? Then you see legislation being passed for Asian Americans, anti-Asian hate. Okay. The Asian Americans, no disrespect to them, but they've been going th through it for about a year or so. You know, we've been seeing all the crimes and everything that's been going on. What about black people who have been dealing with it for more than 400 years? Where, where is the, the anti-legislation, the, 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 the anti-hate legislation for people of color who have been dealing with this same thing? That's not treating everybody equally. And anybody else who falls under that, that umbrella, anybody of any other uh, ethnicity, whether you be Hispanic or Muslim or anything else for that matter. So when you fill out the application and then it says equal opportunity employer, EOE, then no black person needs to be playing catch up ball. We should already be there. That's what needs to happen. But unfortunately, we're still trying to play catch up. So one day we're, we're going to get there and we're going to look back on this and be like, damn, what the hell took so long? We'll be right back. Now, let's talk about George Floyd just for a brief second. I just want to bring this in here for a second. So George Floyd, along with Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Trayvon Martin, the list goes on and on and on, right? Why is it that whenever a black person is killed or murdered by police or whoever, whoever's pretending to be neighborhood watch, George Zimmerman, 
uh, Zimmerman. Uh, they always pull your criminal background for confirmation bias to justify you getting murdered by the cops, trying to say that you did something wrong or, and, and, and this is something that I really, really hate because it does not happen with a white person. When a white person has committed a crime, whether it be um, Jody Arias, whether it be Andrea Yates, Dylan Roof, who was taken to Burger King after murdering nine people, they don't pull their criminal background and air it for the world to see. These people have committed these heinous crimes and they're still alive. George Floyd died over, what, a $20 bill? I mean, that's just, just absolutely insane to me. And then they pull your criminal background. They said he um, held a pregnant woman uh, at gunpoint, whatever. And regardless of what happened, criminals belong in prison. Criminals belong in pr a prison. They belong in jail. They belong incarcerated. They don't need to be need on for uh, more than 10 minutes or nine minutes and 45 seconds or whatever that was. That's where they belong. But it's very dismissive because people always feel, okay, well, he was a criminal. He was a thug. So, okay, if you do something wrong, you deserve to die. Then you have Jacob Blake, who, who apparently had a knife on him, but he was walking away from the cops. And when you're, when you're walking away, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the, the threat that is evading. So your, your back is turned. He didn't deserve to be shot in the back seven times. Yeah, he had a knife on him, but he was walking away. Your life was not threatened. But yet he was shot seven times and people tried to justify that. Why is that? So that's, the, that's another issue that I have that people are not looking at. Why is one okay, but all of a sudden we're going to darken the skin tone and then we got to go to all of this negativity. Okay, well, you're black, so obviously you're inherently criminal. So let's find something on you and let's show it to the world for confirmation bias. But we're not going to do that with any other race. I have a problem with that. And that is not okay. Here's something else that pisses me off. Okay. Uh, if you live in America, I'm next door. <laughs> but uh, let's just go to America for a second. Okay. Uh, a white person holding a gun is exercising his Second Amendment rights. If a black person holds a gun and tries to do the same, he's a thug. Why is that? He's a criminal. He's going to go rob somebody. We're just going to take something. We're going to take someone's race and their skin color. And okay, even though he's licensed and everything, to have this gun, we're going to make something, we're going to, again, we're going to see his skin color and we're going to go to a total negative place and assume that he does not have a right to have that gun. And if you're listening, like I said, some of this podcast is going to be very uncomfortable for some people, but I'm, I'm nailing it down. I'm doing it to prove a point. And as I said before, the truth is bitter and and it's ugly and it's, it's not pretty for some people. 
but it is a reality. It's an, uh, it's a hard pill to swallow. And I'm just being blunt and direct and straightforward because I think these, nobody else is probably going to say that, but me. And I'm very outspoken. And that's what got me into this program as well, because on social media, I was candid with what I believe in and candid for what I stand for. But this is a reality. Okay. And this is not me to make anybody feel uncomfortable. I'm just speaking the truth. Then you, then society sees uh, a Hispanic person with a gun. They're going to assume, okay, that person's a, a murderer. They came illegally across the border and, you know, they're a murderer. Let's take a Muslim person who was born in the United States and they're exercising their Second Amendment right. What comes to mind? People are going to say that person's a terrorist. Okay. When everybody is doing the right thing that they're supposed to do. I didn't make it that way. That is what society says. This is not an issue that, you know, this has been going on for a while. Everybody needs to be painted with the same brush. You can't sit over here. Okay, I'm going to paint this person this way. Okay, you're going to be able to do this. But uh, -uh you better not. Anybody who else does not look like me, oh, you know, you better. How dare you or don't you? Okay, we're going to call it something different. Because as we know, in America or only in America, I should say, <laughs> who knows where else, when you're white and on opiates, that's a crisis. But when you're black and on crack, that's a crime. Do you see what I'm saying? It gets called something different as the race changes. Then you have people who, um, who come, the, the undocumented immigrants who come to the United States and people call them illegal aliens. That is offensive. That is offensive. Um, and, and people need to stop calling them aliens. That is not okay. But what about the European settlers? The European settlers, the people that came over here and took this land that was owned by the Indians and kicked everybody else out. Are they illegal Europeans? Do you see what I'm saying? So we need to stop being so offensive. Because on stolen land, nobody is illegal. I don't care what anybody says. People have to learn their history and people have to know what's going on. The school system teaches racism. And, and, and because in America, it's all about maintaining the status quo, which is white supremacy. That is what it's about. There's a, everything that we were taught in school was pretty much a lie, especially in, in, in history class. But people need to know about what's going on. Then you have people who make these offensive comments and say stuff like, um, uh, well, I think what we need is a colorblind society. And folks, when you hear somebody who talks like that, you know you're listening to a racist. And then you have people who say, you know what? Uh, when I see you, I don't see you as black. And some people might go, oh, that's really nice. 
I'm glad that you don't see me as black. And then you say, somebody might say, oh, well, but I am. And then they say, well, um, but I don't see color. And I'm like, okay, well, if you didn't see color, then when you say, when I see you, I don't see you as black, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see black. That doesn't make any sense. If you don't see color, then how come you're, you all are so good at describing us to the police? If you don't see color, then what the hell do you do at a traffic light? That to me is also uh, insulting. And I don't think that people m intend to be that way. But you, when you step back and actually examine what you're saying, it is offensive. It really is. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> So we've come a long way, but we're just still, we're, we're just really, we're not there yet, folks. We're not there yet. We're, we're still working on it. You know, it has been, been quite a while since slavery, Jim Crow, Plessy versus Ferguson, yada, 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 you know? And like I said, I know people that's probably telling me, get over it, get over it, you know? But <laughs> when you say get over it. Would you tell someone, would you tell, let's say, for example, you had a daughter, for example, okay, and her boyfriend beat her, her boyfriend raped her, he treated her so badly, she suffered PTSD from that for years and years and years, and she's now, let's say, uh, 50 years old. Are you going to tell her, oh, well, that happened so long ago. Why don't you just get over it? She probably would cuss you out, right? That is an inappropriate thing to say to someone. Therefore, nobody um, of African-American descent should be hearing get over slavery, get over this or get over that. Because if the roles were reversed, this, could, this would be completely different. And with racism, again, it's about feeling it. You have to feel it in order to know how to experience it. Because anybody can, can, you know, say, oh, yeah, I sympathize with you. I empathize with you. I'm sorry you're going through that. But trade places. Trade places with a black person. Be black for a day. See what we go through. Nobody alive. No white person alive would ever want to be treated the way black people are treated. It's a horrible feeling to have the cops called on you for barbecuing, for sleeping, for swimming in a pool, or for anything of that, that nature. And we see people, like I said, we're so quick to judge and go to a negative place. You don't know we should not be prejudiced. And to be prejudiced is to judge before the fact. Judge before you know what's going on. A black man could be uh, going down the street 
with two bikes and someone says, oh, well, you stole a bike from someone. He might be on his own bike and he might have taken the bike from from, uh, someone who stole it from his son or something. Do you see where I'm going with this? But we can take that scenario and turn it into something that it's not. Get on the phone, call 911 and expect the black man to be executed. That's what they expect to happen. And then they, they, they get on the phone, they fake cry, they play the victim, or they think that they're being a hero. And they're not. So that's just an example of a lot of things that, that definitely uh, happens. And a black man gets, gets shot down or whatever, whatever. It's like, how do, you, how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? You, you, I mean, so our lives do matter. You know, we deal with police brutality. Getting pulled over in a, in a traffic stop in your car. You don't know if this is going to be the first day of the last day that you have to live. You don't know if you you may not even make it home. So when people say all lives matter, you're you're dismissing the real discrimination and the experiences of African-American people who have to deal with that very real discrimination every single day. And you're saying, whether you mean to or not, why do we have to focus on these lives? Uh, It's not like there's anything wrong with what they're experiencing. So when people say all lives matter, there's a couple of things. First of all, black is included under the category of all. Okay. And all lives do matter. They do. So you are saying something that is essentially true or should be true. But in reality, if all lives truly did matter, then we wouldn't be having this discussion in the first place. This would not be an issue if all lives truly matter. There wouldn't be protests. There wouldn't be marches. You wouldn't see any of that. This movement would not even exist. That is what people need to wake up about. You wouldn't see all of this stuff going on. You would not see the hashtags. You wouldn't see people raising their fists. You wouldn't see none of that. Because then we have come to the places, okay, now our lives matter. Let's focus on something else. So do you see now? Where I'm going? So don't get to thinking that it's a movement that says I'm better than you or I'm more superior and you're inferior because we know that is not true and we have history to support that. It's never been true. Black lives have always been treated as if they don't matter. And we're bringing light and attention to this issue. All the way from 1619. Since the first black uh, slave ship landed in America. So don't be so quick to be dismissive. Do your research. Do your homework. Understand what the movement is about before you uh, prejudge. 
make a, have this preconceived notion about what you think it is. And there's a lot of white people that do support Black Lives Matter, a lot of them. So when you see that sign, don't, don't lose it. Don't, don't uh, be offended by that. Because if you're going to be offended by that sign, then you better be offended by anything else. If, if you're going to be offended by that, then you better apply that same logic to everything else that I discovered previously in this podcast. The breast cancer research and your leaky roof and uh, loving children deserve uh, 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 starving children uh, deserve to eat. Or uh, loving pets deserve good homes. Apply all lives matter to that. And I just don't, I, again, I just don't know why people get so infuriated by that. Like, what is the deal? What are they so worried about? And what is the problem with, with me being an activist? Why is, why is it, what am I doing so wrong protesting racism, making sure that that everyone is treated equally. Why is that such an issue? Why, I mean, why am I getting so much hate for that? Being pro-black is not anti-white. And I was married to a white man before. I have dated interracially since I was 14 years old. I have always dated outside of my race. I'm a black woman who, who always has always dated interracially. Have I dated black men? Absolutely, I have. But that's not what I've been attracted to. And I was married to a white man for two years. And we often talked about race quite a bit. And I told him, be free to express yourself. Don't be afraid to walk on eggshells. We got condemned or I got condemned for dating him because he wasn't black by two black men, older black men who said that at the time before I became an atheist said that I was uh, sinning and dating outside of my race. I was going to, to hell and all this other craziness. They sat there and called us the zebra couple, which I thought was absolutely funny. And the guy was like, you know, when you're, um, we were waiting for the bus stop. I think we were in Queens. And um, you know how you can feel somebody staring at you, right? And I just glanced over and I looked and I saw these two older gentlemen. They were like probably maybe 60s, 70s, 80s, something where around there. And um, he says, it's against God for her to go outside of her race. She's, she's dating a white man. Um, God made black men for black women and white men for, for white women. I just laughed because I was like, I'm not going to have my day ruined by some ignorant bigot. But it's people that are like that, folks. We'll be right back. Yeah, there's people like that. I had another friend of mine. Her name was Valerie. She was black. And she said something very offensive. She said, I think that 
white women are getting the best black men and leaving black women with the thugs and the drug dealers. And I was like, whoa, Valerie, that's quite a statement. I was like, you really do feel that way? And uh, she was like, um, she felt that that the black men, the, the, the celebrities at the time, uh, she mentioned Kobe Bryant, who's deceased now. And she said Tiger Woods. She was like, I think their women got it pretty good. And I was like, Valerie, I said, these people, that uh, these women that you're talking about, they're grown women making their own decisions for themselves. And these men are grown men. They, how can you help who you're attracted to? And so she was like, well, I think that she's robbing some sister of someone who should be rightfully hers. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I was like, well, are you saying this because you want your man for herself? She was like, no, I don't want her man, Sierra, but some black woman out there deserves him. And I was just telling her, I said, listen, Valerie, you're entitled to your opinion about how you feel, but you, who are you to set those limitations on somebody else? You, you have to worry about you. That's the problem. People don't focus enough on themselves and just need to, you know, worry about them. This is not a relative. This is your coworker. This is not your daughter. This is not your son, you know, dating interracially. But that's the issue. So you got bigots like that all the time. You know, people do that. Um, this, you know, if you choose to um, date only a black man, that's your prerogative. But you don't get to tell anybody else who they can and cannot date, regardless if your opinion is not desired, nor is it required. Love is love and love shows no color. You know, everybody has the right and the freedom to do whatever they wish to do. And if you don't want to date a certain race, you don't have to date a certain race. That's your prerogative. Feel free to do whatever you want to do. Like I said, it's all about attraction. It's all about what you're attracted to. But don't let anybody tell you that you're wrong because I've heard that before too. You know, I've, I've heard that, um, you know, because I choose to not date African-American men. I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening to this. But my preference, you know, um, that's just my preference. It, it's nothing wrong. That's just, you know, it's like choosing grapes over strawberries. It's, that's just a preference. But I've been very, you know, candid and open about these kinds of things. I date Hispanic men. I date, I date Asian. I, I just, I've, I guess just I've always been attracted to anything that's directly opposite of me. I guess that's just how it's always been. And I have, you know, family members that choose to date only black men. That's their prerogative. That's whatever they, whatever they choose. If they chose to date another race, Hispanic, Asian, or white or whatever, that's, that's on them. I have nothing to do with that. I also like, uh, you know, to date foreign guys, you know, just, you know, worldly and just, you know, something different, something different. And, you know, um, just, you know, introducing me to something that I've never experienced before, different customs and all of that stuff. So I find that quite interesting. But as of now, I'm single um, due to this program. So but that's a whole nother show. I'll get into that later. Um. So, yeah, it's just, you know, whatever floats your boat, whatever, how, however you feel. So at any rate, when you think of Black Lives Matter, once again, you know, you think of, of every, every life, whether it be Black, White, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, 
We all bleed red. Your life is important no matter what color you are. The Expressions Podcast has been brought to you by Anchor. I want to thank you all for listening. Like what you just heard? Then please make a small donation to sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash Sierra Tavares Reyes. Thank you.